1: best friends forever
0: chi <speaking in Spanish> yeah. This is the Fantasy. Best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
2: Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Reggie, what is up, my man? Giants Falcons last night. Yeah, yeah. It was a big it was a big day yesterday overall. Uh, between next a lot that game, going on. Backdoor cover, last second. Crazy. A fantasy matchup all the way down on the wire, too. It was great.
0: So I request so you remember going into last night? I think I told you, I don't know if it was on the air or off the air, Um, that I had, I was up five with Saquon and Calvin Ridley uh, versus Matt Ryan. Okay. So, I literally had said I was down, after Saquon caught a pass and lost seven yards on it, (laughs) I was down uh, .3 at that point. So, I kept saying all I want is a Falcons rushing touchdown. So, it would just be dump off the Saquon, dump off the Saquon, dump off the Saquon. And that's exactly what I got. And then the next play after that was a 15-yard dump off to Saquon, and we never looked back.
2: Right, you could always depend on a ton of dump-off passes to Saquon Barkley. Uh, that you know what? Congrats, buddy. Good for you. you. What does that make your record? Uh, that my record will be what, is this week seven. We're five and two. Five and two. Yeah, not you bad. just right? had a bunch of really bad teams.
0: Not, no, I only have one really bad. Oh, team. All right. I just talk about that one the most. <laughs> I only have one really bad team. i actually having a pretty good year. Um, GST were three and four,
2: climbing uh, back into it, slowly climbing. Three back. Three and four, we're
0: going the right way. We're like, we're in the playoffs right now. We came out of the playoffs, like we're right there.
2: We're like tied for the last playoffs. We're
0: in the mi- we're in the mix. Yep, we're in the mix. Uh, Cardinals league, I'm, I'm around three and four, or four and three, something like that. Okay. Um, five and two in my home league. One and six in the other one. <laughs> we're aware of that. And then um, flex, I think I'm. I think five and two in flex, right? Uh, Pretty sure. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I'm five <laughs> I don't and two. Know
2: what the heck, you are?
0: I think I'm five but and two in both flex and yeah, I'm five and two in flex as well. And the fishbowl. So I'm,
2: having, I'm not having a bad year. There you go, Greggy. Yeah, stepping it up. Yeah, man. It's, about, it's because you have Robert Woods everywhere. It's the truth. Well, well what did you think about last night's game? Outside of obviously you, uh, you winning there. Look. It, it you needed a lot of late production from Saquon Barkley for most of that game. I think yeah, you were worried well, about what you were getting out of. It him. was it was, little, it was a little frustrating to be honest with you. Yeah, but the Giants' offense, you know, at least for their skill position players and for fantasy purposes, bounced back. I mean, Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard both cleared 140 yards each. Obviously, uh, Beckham had that touchdown late on a on a great catch. Should have had the two point conversion as well. I don't know if you want to get into the whole two point conversion talk. We were just talking about it downstairs. Everyone's freaking out. Why did they go for two? Like. There are analytics that show that when you're down 14 and you score a touchdown, going 4-2 is the smarter play. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into that or not.
0: So I don't want to get into it because yep. I agree. And I got a, I got a big fight with my friends last night about this because they're saying how stupid the Giants were for that, blah, blah, blah. And they weren't. And, and the Eagles have done that for weeks now. Yes. And the it's, Super
2: Bowl-winning Eagles. Like, Doug Peterson is a smart head coach. So I
0: sent an article out that, that was written last year about why... Uh, the Browns should have done this. Actually, last year It pointed out the same. Article. They've, they've been doing it this year. Like Hugh Jackson has been trying to do this this year. So I, I, I wrote, uh, I sent out the article. Um, speaking of that, those analytics. And Hugh Jackson's on the cover. One of my friends are like, Hugh Jackson on the cover. I'm not agreeing with anything. And, like it literally says that he was an idiot. Read, just read <laughs> the read the article. Uh, so they're all screaming at me how I could think how I could be so dumb. I'm just like I'm just telling you what the analytics say, man. Like this. Why is football baseball now? I'm like. Because data matters. Like it doesn't matter what sport it is or what, uh, really, what entity it is. In politics, it's the same way. Right? We're all using data, and why wouldn't you use all the tools that you have? And the data says that you should go for two. Uh, because basically, in layman's terms, I'll just do it very quickly. Frank, I don't, I don't want to dive into it, mm-hmm. but layman's terms, going for two from the two-yard line, is a 50-50 proposition. Technically, it's only 47.8%, but essentially, it's 50-50, which means you are going to make it one out of two times. So if you go for two when you are down 14 on um, on the first time, and you miss it, the odds state that you will make it the second time when you need it. So if your defense holds, you're down eight, you miss the first, you'll make the second, you'll tie the game, you go to overtime. Fine. If you make the first one, All you need is an extra point, and you win the game. The the goal of the game is—the goal of every game is to win, as Herm Edwards once told us. So by doing that, it puts you in a better position to win. Overtime is essentially a 50-50 toss as well. You want to avoid that. I believe by going uh, for two, if you make it, you have like a 62% chance of winning or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Like It was a a no-brainer—not a no-brainer decision, but when you look at the analytics, it makes plenty of sense. Going for two wasn't the problem of Pat Shermer last night. The problem of Pat Shermer was twofold. Number one, two quarterback sneaks in the game on the line with a guy
2: that doesn't know not the game on the line. But, I don't think that's Pat Shermer's fault, though. I think that's Eli's fault. I think it's on Pat Shermer. No, I think that's Eli because they were even talking about that last night during the game. Like, think, When you see Eli were, rushing th- up to the I line of scrimmage, wrong.
0: I think they got that wrong. Well, Booger and Tessitore. I think they all got that. Wrong. I don't. I don't know. I don't think Eli's calling himself a quarterback sneak. He's never done that in his life. This is the first. Yeah. This year is
2: the first time he's been sneaking. I mean, once in you a get a decade, that first down, the first thing you should do is just spike it. Yeah, spike it. Spike it. Just you know, stop the clock. Um. So I think that, so. That's my number one. Yes. Number two,
0: because it, people are focused on the quarterback sneak and people are focused on the two point conversion, they're missing the real point. And I told Gabe this the first thing this morning. I didn't think he wanted to hear it from me, honestly. Um. <laughs> Because I was like, people aren't going to be talking about the right thing today. He's like, all right, what are they talking about? I'm like, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't, do this. I shouldn't tell people what to, what to say. You know, These are my opinions. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the point conversion because it was right. I don't care if the quarterback's sneak because the game was over anyway because you, you know, they, they hit the 56-yard field goal. The problem was, the Atlanta Falcons, as we stated yesterday on the show, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. They're secondary. They're linebacking core. It's horrible. They're averaging like 32 points a game allowed or something along those lines. The first quarter, they allowed more points than anybody. Giants scored none, actually, in the first quarter. The Giants, against this worst defense in the NFL, had six points until garbage time. Six. Two field goals. Eli had three completions after the Odell touchdown. Three completions in the red zone all night. He was three for 20 in the red zone. They got there, and they couldn't convert. It's pathetic. When you have an offense with Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley... To score six points before garbage time is unacceptable. And this is the Giants week in and week out. And yeah, it's Eli because he's terrible, but it's also on Pat Shermer. Horrible, horrible job.
2: Yeah, they had six points going into the fourth quarter yesterday. And you can't really blame the offense in terms of moving the ball. They were able to move the ball. They just couldn't score once they got in the red zone. That's just more of the same. Look, Sterling Shepard 167 yards. Odell Beckham 140 yards. Like These guys did their job. Saquon Barkley, obviously we were expecting a better performance out of him, but look, 40 rushing, another 51 receiving, so close to 100 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. So, Saquon, yes, you want him to be better overall. You want the Giants' whole offense to be better once they're in the red zone. Uh, I think that was obvious there. Uh, Kevin Coleman on the other side did his part, scored a long touchdown. Uh, I think we were expecting more from Matt Ryan overall as well. 379 yards, yes, that's great, Yep, but only one touchdown. Look, another game in the NFL, another week goes by, another week without a, a <laughs> touchdown for the He was Julio great last Jones. night, though. He's he everywhere. was great. Yeah. And if you watch the post game afterwards when ESPN is talking yep. to him, he's completely selfless. Like, he doesn't care if he scores touchdowns. He said that eh. time and time again. Like, everyone cares if they score
1: touchdowns.
2: <sighs> I not mean by that either. I don't know, man. Like, what are you going to say he won? If they would have lost, it would have been
0: a different conversation, obviously.
2: But I mean, they've been losing more than they've been winning this year. So it's like, you know, I'm saying in this game, in this interview, it's not like he's freaking out coming out and saying, like, oh, uh, you know, we're not winning because I'm not scoring touchdowns. Or at least from what I've seen, I haven't seen him actually complain about that. Uh, but look, still great for PPR, nine for 104. I think Ito Smith was a big letdown yesterday, seven carries for 16 yards. Uh, he was involved in the pass game, only had two receptions for 29 yards. Uh, I think we were expecting more out of him overall. Um, you know, he was a Netflix discussion coming in. But uh Tevin Coleman did his job. Not really much else to go around here. Like, everyone who was supposed to do what they were supposed to do pretty much did that. Calvin Ridley returned. Was that all right? Five for 43. Didn't break
0: uh, one yet. he You know, something was wrong with the turf, I thought, last night. Saquon tripped a bunch. Calvin Ridley uh, tripped a bunch as well. by the turf monster. Yeah, a couple of times. So, uh, I thought that was okay. I thought... Listen, both teams are able to move the ball, no problem. Um, do their do their things, of course. Atlanta was was obviously able to see that they were going to just dump it off of Saquon a lot, and they busted through the line. Um, Eli, like I said, was terrible. Um, and that was the second biggest story uh, of Monday night.
2: Indeed, it was great. Yeah.
0: So I'm, I was out uh, last night, and uh, he who must be named All-In Kid texted me, and he's like, hey, you watching Raw? And I was like... Not I have Giants, on, but, oh, uh, well, no. You see the Roman Reigns interview. I go, no, I fast-forward through all Roman Reigns interviews. Uh, so, no, I've, even if I was watching Raw, I would not have seen this. And he tells me Roman Reigns has leukemia. And I just get like, this chill that I just got again. I'm like, what? And it's true, man. How sad is that?
2: It's oh, extremely sad. Cool. Obviously, you know, a guy like in the prime of his career, uh, not just like wrestling career, but overall like his career, like he's getting it done right now. Obviously, a huge name uh, in Roman Reigns. Yeah, apparently he's been battling this for 11 years. So I assume so it's, it's, ha- yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. gone into like remission and then it's come back. And now it seems like it has come back and he had to relinquish his championship. I mean, that's obviously on the back burner. Who cares about that? Obviously, all we're hoping for is for him to, you know, get better. Yeah. And, you know, come back maybe one day make his return but obviously that's that's on the back burner now but yeah it really it really is just uh it's it's crazy yeah yeah you know it's it you, was, you wouldn't even expect it either right like for a guy like in that good of shape like you know it's just like the <sighs> last thing that you would expect man. right
0: yeah it was crazy you know he he. i was telling judy actually last night that he missed house shows in like boston over the weekend everyone's like what the hell is this
2: like, i got like a bleacher report update yesterday it was like roman reigns injured question mark yeah, because he missed... He yeah, missed like, uh, no one knows what's going on, He missed obviously. a weekend in Boston, and, and he doesn't really miss house shows. It was like, what,
0: what's going on? Like, why wasn't he around? And, all right, he's at Raw, so I guess it was no big deal. He just took the weekend off for some family stuff. And he comes out, like, in street clothes. I was like, oh, this is nice. He's, like, not wearing this stupid shield gear. And then he makes this announcement. He's like, hey, my name is Joe. And I was like, oh, boy. I mean, I already knew the announcement because Jake told me, but, like, it was sad. It was really sad. And obviously, he got booed out of the arena when he walks in. And then cheered out of the arena, rightfully so, um, yeah. as he walked out and they actually come back from commercial. And the announcers, I was try—they had to obviously know, I think, but it sure seemed like they didn't really know what was going on. Um, just be how their emotions, how they were like building up Roman's announcement, like in storyline. They came out and they were in tears after that. Uh, Corey Graves and Renee, Renee Young and um, and Michael Cole, and it was weird. It was it was just weird, really, really weird. A uh, night aura, and in the background of the, all that, the crowd chanting "cancer sucks" because it does effing suck. Indeed, uh, um, tough night, man. Tough night. It sucked.
2: Yeah, yeah, it it, it definitely does. But uh, you know, shout out to Roman Reigns. Uh, get better, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll see you again in the future. Not to not to kind of build on, um, but it
0: has to be really serious. Like it's obviously serious because leukemia, but like it has to be really serious that as he was the champion that he couldn't wrestle like one more match just to mm-hmm. lose the belt. Like, you knew he, he had this big thing uh, in Saudi Arabia, which is a whole nother problem, but like they, had this big, they have a big event in Saudi Arabia in two weeks. And this has to be that serious that he couldn't either A, go to that or B, wrestle because he's a champion, whatever. He'll, even if he doesn't have to do much, just lay down and, and get pinned, whatever. This is immediate serious, you know? It's crazy.
2: It is. hopefully he could get he get back on track man that's uh that's uh, that's pretty much it right yeah yeah hmm.
0: all right so uh from there uh we will move on to the third biggest story uh, of Monday night which is the Knicks losing again i'm just kidding <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know in the nba you recap the you said that that was not a close game it was actually very close until like the last 2 minutes that game was tied with like Three minutes left. Yeah, but, they st- but like then it wasn't. I, yeah, but it was. It was closer than you led to believe. Like you know, you know, Giannis just completely destroyed the Knicks last night. Nah, he didn't really. I, w- I was watching that fourth. when I saw the game was tied going into the fourth quarter because at halftime they were down by like twenty. Like, all right, well, wow, they came. They battled all the way back. They tied the game going into the fourth quarter. Let's see what they have to offer. And then it was just the Knicks, you know. Chris Middleton was great. Chris Middleton's always great.
0: Yeah, he was. He was awesome. Good job. Oh, I haven't updated. Oh, man. I meant to pick up somebody off the fantasy basketball waiver wire and I forgot today. Oh, well. But in all seriousness, the other big story that we wanted to get to was Amari Cooper being traded yesterday for a first round draft pick that happened after our show yesterday. Uh, What were your thoughts then? What are your thoughts now, Frank?
2: So everyone's bashing the Dallas Cowboys for giving up a a first round pick for Amari Cooper while the Patriots fleeced the Cleveland Browns and got. Josh Gordon for a fifth-round pick. And, you know, I just saw a few people talking about this on Twitter. Imagine the backlash, you know, people would have had on the Dallas Cowboys if they were actually the ones to trade for Josh Gordon. Like, everyone praises this move because it was the Patriots who did it, and they're like, oh, the Patriots got a steal. But if at the time the Cowboys were the team to trade for Josh Gordon, I'm sure they would have got backlash regardless. So, yes, the first-round pick is a lot to give up for Amari Cooper. And based on everything else that we've heard, it seems like the other teams – uh, there was no other team willing to give up a first-round pick. We were just talking to Corey about this downstairs. Uh, they were probably going to use that first-round pick this pat uh, this upcoming season to draft a wide receiver anyway. And, you know, th- it is different because that wide receiver would be playing under a rookie contract, uh, obviously would likely be younger than Amari Cooper. But people don't realize Amari Cooper is still only 24 years old. He's younger than Cooper Cup. I've seen some people, you know, point that out on Twitter. They desperately needed to make this move. They have Cole Beasley, who's like the underneath slot receiver, but by no means should he be the top receiver on this team. They now get that guy on the outside who can stretch the field, who can make the plays. Or hope, or at least we hope he can, because you know, he's been given opportunities in the past. Uh, and I actually had a stat of the day for the first time in a while, Greg. Really? Just, uh, I, this I comes, apologize. I was not ready for This that. comes via Scott Barrett, so it's not really my stat of the day. It's Scott Barrett's stat of the day, which I stole, but I'm giving him credit for, so, okay. so it's okay. Among all 61 wide receivers who see at least 150 catchable targets since 2015, Amari Cooper ranks dead last in drop rate, 13.1%. To put that in perspective, Doug Baldwin dropped one pass every 38 catchable targets, while Cooper has dropped one every 7.6 catchable targets. So that's, you know, that's a that's a 30 catch difference between Doug Baldwin and Amari Cooper in terms of how often they drop the ball. So he look, I guarantee you if you asked Amari Cooper, he would tell you I need to be better in terms of his fantasy uh value here. I think the targets go up, we'll probably see more consistent targets, but remember, the Cowboys don't pass the ball all that much in terms of play volume like they are going to run the football a lot still with Ezekiel Elliott. They're, you know, they throw the football the fifth fewest times in the NFL to this point of the season. So you could see more consistent targets out of Amari Cooper. I just, I don't think this boosts his value all that much. He's in the wide receiver three discussion for me. I
0: don't think the value changes all that much either. I'll break it down my thoughts and how we replace him. We go to the waiver wire and we'll do that when we come back. It's a waiver wire Tuesday. Who to add? Who to drop? Your BFFs will break it down for you next. Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back with you.
1: Lead that. Lead that. deep.
0: Um, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the cross builder tool at myboogie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late lineup scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late line of scratches. No experts to compete against. Just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY when you sign up. And choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY. Okay, Frank. Amari Cooper heads to Dallas. And... Me, personally, I, I don't like the trade for Dallas. I'm on the side of they give up too much. It's a first-round pick, and I understand they're more desperate than the Patriots were, and uh, Josh Gordon certainly has more issues than Amari Cooper does off the field, and uh, despite Cooper dealing with the uh, concussion, still a young guy, and he can improve, no doubt. But it's giving up that first-round pick that bothers me because, I get you got to give up something to get something, but next year's his option year, and he's going to want to get paid. And if he balls out, as Dallas hopes he does, they're going to owe him a lot of money. And as we've seen with some of these teams with uh, store wide receivers, the Giants and the Bucks, for instance, the last two to do it, when you play these Albatross contracts to these wide receivers, you got to save money elsewhere. And it hasn't exactly worked. So, yeah, Dallas has the young quarterback under the rookie contract right now, but that goes away too next year, I believe. I mean, after next year, they got to get Dak an extension. So... I don't know. I, I don't know if long term this is the right move for Dallas. Obviously, Jerry Jones will pay, but it's a salary cap you got to worry about. So, uh, question: more questions than answers for me with the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, I understand from that perspective. Um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to pay Dak Prescott as well. Um, but look, if. If they end up having to pay Amari Cooper, that's gonna be because he, you know, performed well for them. So I mean, if that's how they want to look at it, it just seems like they were the biggest problem with giving up the first round pick, it just seems like they were bidding against themselves. Like who else was going to give up a first round pick? I saw that the Eagles were involved. I know there were a few other teams that were talking, trying to get Amari Cooper, but I, I just who else was willing to give up a first round pick? I, I I don't really think there was anybody. I think a second round pick probably could have got this done. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I
0: think ultimately, uh, second pick would get it done. But uh, I'm sure Reggie McKenzie asked for it first,
2: and Stephen. And the rumor was Stephen Jones called him up and said, "All right, you got it." And Reg- <laughs> no back and forth, huh? And Reggie McKenzie just, just take like- the take the. It's like in fantasy, like you throwing out a terrible <laughs> right. trade offer out there. It's like the first trade offer, just for like you know the feeling out process. Like, hey, uh, I'll give you uh, Raheem Mostert. You give me Kareem Hunt. Like, you know, uh-huh. let's just uh, let's just get the the the, the talk started. Yeah. Now I'll take that trade. I'll take that. No, I want I want Raheem Mostert for uh, for Kareem Hunt. Yeah, just I just really want him on my team. So that's basically how it went down. Oh, by the way, I just saw a screenshot. Um, Dan Duggan, his Giants beat
0: reporter, just tweeted this out that the Saquon Barkley the Saquon Barkley TD was not reviewed. The Giants had the PAT team out there, and then Shermer was like, "Oh yeah, we should go for two. Gosh. <laughs> So, Amari Cooper heads to Dallas, and that brings us to our waiver wire pickups for this week. Lots of Oakland Raiders. Lots of Oakland Raiders, and, and if you watch the FanDuel Hurry Up later on today, it will be filled with Oakland Raiders. But <laughs> Never a good thing. No, it's probably not. <laughs> but they have to replace Marshawn Lynch in the starting lineup, who's out for a while. They now have to replace Amari Cooper in the starting lineup, who's out for good, because he's on Dallas. Let me start with replacing Amari Cooper. Who gets the biggest bump with a Cooper trade?
2: I think, undoubtedly, it's uh, it's Jordy Nelson and Jared Cook. I think those are the first two names, but, unfortunately, those two are likely owned already. Yep. Uh, you could go out, I mean, go ahead and check your waiver wire just in case, because they were on a, a buy this past week in Week 7, so, you know, if fantasy owners needed that roster spot, they might have got rid of Jared Cook, they might have got rid of a Jordy Nelson. But if you remember, we actually told you to hold on to Jordy Nelson throughout the buy in case Amari Cooper was traded, which seems to be the case. Uh, but I do think that it's, uh, it's, just, it's more Jordy Nelson targets. It's more Jared Cook. And look, there's still a chance that those guys could get traded too. I know sure. that today is the trade deadline, so we'll see what happens. There's only a few hours left until then. But today? I thought it was next Tuesday. I, somebody told me yesterday that it was today. I thought it could was be wrong.
0: the 30th. I could be wrong. Uh, it could be you
2: wrong. look that up. Anyway, uh, it's, it's October 30th. All right, so it's next week. Next um, Tuesday. So it looks like you know, we'll have Jordy Nelson for at least another week. But I think it's Jordy Nelson. It's uh, Jared Cook in deeper leagues. You're going to see Martavis Bryant available. Obviously, he's owned pretty much... Ac- I mean, he's unowned across the board. I think he more so just steps into that Amari Cooper role where the down-the-field down the, down the field threat, the big receiver-type role. But have we, as we've seen out of Amari Cooper for you know, the past year and a half now, that is a very inconsistent role. So Martavis Bryant will have a little bit more upside. He'll be on the field a little bit more. He'll see more targets, but... Like Amari Cooper, he's going to be very boomer bust. I think it's a lot of uh I think it's a lot of Jordy Nelson, a lot of Jared Cook. And then once we get into the running backs, um, you might even see more targets out of Jalen Richard from a guy who was seeing a pretty safe floor of targets every single week before this trade and before the injury to Marshawn Lynch. So it's Jordy, it's Cook, it's Jalen Richard who I think see the biggest upticks in the past game.
0: Okay, so Jalen Rashard, I want to get to him in a second. Martavis Bryant, you also mentioned, and he's the one I'm looking at. Uh, the two obvious wide receivers, Martavis Bryant and the architect Seth Roberts. Um, Martavis Bryant only owned in 7% of season Yeah, he's out there everywhere. He, he's, out there. he's out there everywhere, and he's at least in the past shown something. Um, I think he's shown some talent this year as well. And I, I think ultimately Seth Roberts is... What he does is capped a little bit, right? He, he, he's not nearly as talented as Bryant. Now, could be more consistent? Maybe. Because maybe he goes right into that slot. And through the years, he has been the one that has taken, uh, taken time and taken opportunities away from Amari Cooper. So maybe Seth Roberts is a sneaky one. But I think
2: Martavis Bryant is a more exciting option. And I would go with him. How much are you bidding? Martavis Bryant, I mean, I'm, I'm not... I, you might feel differently. I'm not going too hard for this. Again, I just think there's going to still be a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, from the guys that I mentioned, I and know, the fact that I don't that, know, there's a lot of malice. There's in there's, uh, look, mal, there's malice to feed. He's gonna he's gonna step into that Amari Cooper role, but that has been an inconsistent role. So, ten to twelve percent is that too much? No, that's probably the range. That's fair. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with
0: that. I'm not breaking the bank for Martavis Bryant because I don't think it's a, it's a lock, um, but I think it's fine. I'm fine with that.
2: I, say, I think there's other you, wide receivers that we're going to discuss that I would like more than him. Really? Okay. Are you bidding on Seth Roberts? In a deeper league, you could definitely throw, you know, a few bucks in there, whatever, a 3 to 5% bid, just because the reasons you mentioned, if he steps into the slot, we've seen in years past that they like to use him in the red zone as well. Uh, not necessarily the case this year. He doesn't have that many red zone targets, but in years past, he was used in that capacity. So, you know, 3 to 5%. He's one of those those... Wide receiver flyers, you just throw a little bit on, but you just don't, just don't spend too much on. Them. Okay, um, he's an end of the bench. Sticking with sticking with the Raiders before we move on, you mentioned Jalen
0: Rashard. Now Jalen Rashard obviously gets a bum in the receiving game, and he also gets a bum in the running game with Marshawn Lynch out for the month. If you had to choose between Doug Martin and Jalen Rashard, and I know this happened, this news came out last week, uh, but it was after some of the waivers, ra- waivers ran, so these guys could be out there for you. Um, if you had to choose one between Rashard and Martin, which one would you go with?
2: It's the cop-out answer, but it, this is what it has to be for this situation. It's it's situationally dependent. So in full-point PPR, I'll take Jalen Rashard. In non-PPR and even half-PPR, I will still take Doug Martin. I think he steps in as the lead running back here. And if you look at what Marshawn Lynch had been doing, uh, he played 50.36% of the snaps on the season, so that's likely the role that Doug Martin steps into. Maybe not that many snaps. Maybe he doesn't get 50%, but you know, maybe in that 40% range. Uh, Marshawn Lynch had been, you know, on a per game basis, a top 24 running back this year. Uh, He had 15 red zone carries, which was inside the top 10 for uh, running backs this season in terms of red zone carries. So, Doug Martin, I think, just pretty much takes on that role. In in non PPR and half PPR, I'll take him. In full PPR, I'll take Jalen Richard. But I do like Richard a lot. He's only had his season high is 24 rushing yards. He doesn't do anything there, but he's had at least six. Receptions in four out of six games. The targets have been very consistent. From a PPR perspective, he has been—he's uh, just provided a very safe floor. And I think with Amari Cooper gone, with Lynch gone, that floor is even safer now. And we might even see even more upside because he's going to be on the field more. Hmm. Uh, I just gotta, uh, yeah, I, I think that, I think that makes sense. Here, oh, here we go. There's been a trade.
0: I got a text, and now it's Uh-oh. all over my timeline. The Giants have traded cornerback Eli Apple. To the New Orleans Saints. Wow, that's interesting. Well, you know, the Saints played against uh, the Giants a couple of weeks ago. Eli Apple, I think I missed that game. Uh, we knew that they needed a
2: cornerback, but hey, okay, maybe the Giants doing something smart. Okay. Is that smart, though? I mean, Eli Apple's pretty young, and he was playing well this year when he was on the field. Resources, man. Need resources to rebuild. Well, yeah, I'm, it depends what they get for him, so that'll be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, have, listen, they couldn't give they this guy wa- Jets. They, I mean, they, they couldn't, couldn't they give this guy, guy away last year. It's good for the Giants, but um, be interesting to see. Yeah, be interesting to see what happens. Doesn't really affect fantasy all that much. Sorry,
0: it was just a thing I came across.
2: No, no, thought, no, it's huh? fine. Cool. All right. Definitely worth bringing up.
0: Other wide receivers, also something that happened after waivers ran. Ted Ginn out for the season with New Orleans, which means Traquan Smith, the next guy up. Uh, he plays significantly over Cam Meredith over the weekend. Traquan Smith's out there. How much is you spending, Frankie?
2: He's likely in that same range as Martavis Bryant. I know a lot of people were very excited about Traquan Smith over the weekend, and I get it. He has big play potential, he has upside. But again, the Saints' offense, it it runs through who it runs through. And that's Michael Thomas. That's Mark Ingram. That's Alvin Kamara. We even saw Ben Watson involved again this week. Six targets, caught all six. All had a touchdown in this game. So while I do like the big play upside of Traquan Smith, again, this was a guy who people, uh, fantasy uh, analysts were very excited about in the preseason. He made some noise. He had that big game before the bye week. I just don't know that there's going to be a lot of consistency there. So he's in that same range as Martavis Bryant. I would kind of put them on the same level, um, but... You no, know, I don't want to jump the gun or anything. Imagine it was the other Eli they traded. That
0: would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh,
2: the, the, if the Packers wide receivers were dropped during the, uh, during the bye week, those are really the guys that I'm looking at. Because Geronimo totally Allison, like- 61% owned. Randall Cobb, 59% owned. I, I, so I agree with you? Normally anything like below 65% I think is worth talking about. So I, I agree with you, but I will say that we don't have any confirmation that these guys are healthy.
0: Like there's been no indication that they're back. We assume they are because we thought they were mm-hmm. close to playing in the Packers' last game two weeks ago. But we have not been given any indication that they're healthy and ready to rock. Just
2: saying. Yeah, right out of the gate, they. Who knows if they'll be able to help you in week eight? Uh, I certainly trust Jeronimo Allison much more than I do Randall Cobb. It's just it's just been season after season that Randall Cobb continues to get hurt. Now, and we know that Allison was dealing with that significant concussion, but. That role, that number two wide receiver role, is up for grabs. And we've seen, especially the past couple of weeks, MVS Marquez Valdez Scantling has made the most of that opportunity. I wouldn't drop him yet either because there's still a chance that he is the number two wide receiver on this team. But you want to take a shot if those guys were dropped because if they do emerge as that wide receiver two, then you're looking at a legitimate, you know, high end wide receiver three for fantasy purposes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love Geronimo Allison. I own him everywhere. As you know, Randall Cobb, when he's healthy, uh, is worth it. But the thing is, Frank, today, Martavius Bryant's out there, right? Trey Smith's out there. Would you drop MVS in order to get one of those guys if you are are anticipating that Cobb and or Allison are healthy? You may not, with with some of these bye weeks, you may not have some room to drop. So would you drop
2: MVS for one of these guys? I would do it for Geronimo Allison. I wouldn't do it for Randall Cobb. What about for Trey Smith? What about for uh, Martavis Bryant? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Because there's still a chance. It's like it's like the gift. So you're saying there's a chance? Yep. Yeah, like, with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, I said this before the bye. I mean, they could have watched film. He could have talked with Aaron Rodgers, the coaching staff, whatever it was. They could have realized, all right, like, we want to continue to give this guy a shot. Like, let's see what he can do. Maybe... You know, the first game out of the bye, the three wide receiver sets are Devontae Adams, MVS, and Allison. Maybe Randall Cobb is just kind of phased out here. We already saw that, you know, they were trying to cut him. They were trying to trade him before the season. So I would not drop MVS yet for either Traquan Smith or Martavis Bryant because, again, with the Saints, a lot of mouths to feed. With the Oakland Raiders, I just don't know what the consistency is going to be like. This team could trade Derek Carr. It just seems like they're trying to get anything that they can get for anything on that team. So, um... I just, I'll, I'll trust the Packers passing attack more so than those others. Okay. Uh,
0: other wide receivers that are out there uh, from New Orleans, from, besides the Green Bay guys, besides Martavis Bryant, uh, and besides uh, Quan Smith. Uh, Frankie, you mentioned Cortland Sutton. He's Demarius Thomas and or Emmanuel Sanders gets traded, only owned about 25% of leagues.
2: Yeah, I'm very excited about this one too, because I do think a trade will happen here. I, I, I can see Demarius Thomas getting shifted out. Or, you know, a third, whatever, third round pick, whatever that might be. Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is the guy that sticks around. So um, obviously, we need him to get healthy for fantasy purposes. But Corlin Sutton has flashed a little bit here already this season. He has a few games with touchdowns. They used a second round pick on him. So they're obviously very excited about him. They use that draft pick knowing that okay, he's going to be part of this wide receiver core for the future, whether it's him and Emmanuel Sanders. They also use a draft pick on Deshaun Hamilton. So if you play in deeper leagues, he's another name to pay attention to here. But very excited about Cortland Sutton. I do think whether, it's if it's not this week, next week, Demarius Thomas is traded from this team. Cortland Sutton just steps in as that outside wide Definitely. receiver, too, for this team.
0: I agree. And you do it now, Frankie. You do it now yeah, before he costs you everything next next yeah. week. Uh, Two more guys I want to get to in the wide receivers, and we'll move on to the running backs. Um, And they both play for the same team. Jakeem Grant and Devontae Parker. This team is going to be without Kenny Stills because they play on Thursday, and they're out without Albert Wilson, most likely for the rest of the season. Barack has to throw to somebody. And I understand maybe Danny Amendola should be on this list as well. He's got to throw to somebody. There is no tight end worth it. Uh, Kenny and Drake, fine. But which wide receiver, if any... Do you want to pick up in Miami?
2: So, again, if Danny Amendola was healthy, <laughs> you know, because he's banged up again. He, he got banged up in that game. If he were healthy and we knew that he was going to play in that Thursday night game, and there's no indication that he's not going to play yet, but he what, would... What, what was his injury? I, I believe it was a shoulder. I saw He was definitely banged up. Well, he either he, left that game... His girlfriend
0: posted pictures of him on the beach, so I, I, he seems okay.
2: When, when did that happen?
0: Greg? 16 hours ago. Yeah,
2: Probably like a, an older picture. Probably. Probably laying in a hospital it, it, bed somewhere. It
0: definitely
2: might. Have been. <laughs> he's he's limited with a shoulder injury in Monday's practice. Uh, so it looks no, like no, he's going to go. He's the guy. Danny Amendola is the guy. Danny Amendola is if the, like, guy. the guy. He's the guy. If you're hurt on bye week, because again we have four teams on a bye, and it's teams uh, that you might have been using their wide receivers. It's you know the Falcons with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu. Uh, if you were using Cole Beasley, the Cowboys are on a bye. Corey Davis is on a bye, and then Keenan Allen is also on a bye. So. We're going to be hurting for some wide receivers here. If you play in PPR, we just saw Danny Amendola targeted seven times, had the six receptions for 80 yards. Uh, I think the way to attack the Texans is in through their secondary. So Danny Amendola is the guy. Uh, I think Jakeem Grant is more of the boomer bust. He is electric. Like, he is fast. But I just don't know that the target share is going to be there um, Devontae Parker, too. Like, I'm not fooling around with Devontae Parker. I just think Danny Amendola is probably the safest of the bunch.
0: I think Amendola is the safest of the bunch, but he's also the most likely to get injured of the bunch. Definitely. You start him in desperation on Thursday, he lasts one play. If I had to choose one of these guys, I'm going to keep Grant. Like you said, he's electric. We've seen some of these big plays. In order to win on Thursday, you're going to have to get some big plays. And I think Adam Gaze, who we don't trust at all, I think he utilizes JaKeem Grant on Thursday night. I really do.
2: We can agree that Devontae Parker is just not even in the mix here, right? Yes. So, it's Grant, more of the same.
0: JaKeem Grant for me, <laughs> Danny Amendola for Frank. We move on to the running backs and the tight end when we come back. Stick around more from your BFFs right after this. The DailyRoto.com lineup optimizer is available oh, right now. That means you can use the same tool. Go that projections at DailyRoto.com. NFL subscribers use and are using to win each and every week for NBA DFS. How cool is that, Frank? We use it every day. Only three games on the slate tonight. So, uh, could be oh, a uh, good nice opportunity. Little, little, nice us. little yeah. short
2: slate action tonight. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I think my Denver Nuggets are in action. My Denver Nuggets. Your Denver Nuggets. I got now. like five teams now. That's interesting. The Bucks, the Nugs, 76ers. Yeah. I'll find a few more.
0: Well, you know my team. Pelicans. The Pelicans. I've, I've been on it, man. I've been on it. It's a fun team. Just saying. I've been on it. You have. So, anyway, go to dailyrunner.com. Use the promo code FNTSY when you check out, and you get a special discount. Dailyrunner.com, the site where millionaires are made. The promo code is. F N T S Y. Let's get into some of these running backs to pick up. Cool?
2: Yes, sir. We mentioned Doug Martin and we mentioned Jalen Richard. Before we do, we, we did it already. I, I spent $22 on Doug Martin over the season, uh, over the weekend. I yeah. spent too much. 22 out of 59 of my remaining dollars. So I told
0: you to use 22 because it was his
2: number. Right? <laughs> I, that's not why I did it. That's why I, I, I just randomly, I don't know. I just went with, went with 22. 22 out of 59. It's like probably like 35% of my, my remaining budget. How much was the next highest bid? Uh, I, don't, I don't think you could see that on CBS. Oh, right. Well, CBS is the best, but you can't even see the next highest bid. Eh, it's probably for the best. Why? I mean, not being able to see the next bid. I, I want to see. I want to know I how mean, I mean, Yeah, sometimes it works out, but sometimes it'll be like, all right, the next closest bid was like $3. bucks. i yeah, am yeah. like, eh, I'd rather not know
0: that.
2: <laughs> I, so I'll just let it rock. Did
0: you trade too much? Did you spend too much? How desperate are you? I mean, it all comes down to how desperate are you for the running
2: back. So my running backs are David Johnson, Kenyon Drake, Isaiah Crowell, and Duke Johnson. So I could use a
0: running back. Use a running
2: back. Oh, and I have have Mozart. I have Mozart. uh,
0: The Giants received a fourth and a seventh.
2: For a former first-round pick. Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Amari Cooper, former first-round pick. Got a first-round pick. Too bad you guys couldn't trade with it was, Dallas. It was, too, yeah. <laughs> it was two. years ago though, right? Yeah, sure. Who was the guy they actually wanted in that draft? Wasn't it like Leonard Floyd or something? Was that the draft?
0: Yes. They really wanted the Leonard, Leonard Floyd. Floyd or Jack
2: Conklin? Yeah. And that was um, was your former GM guy? Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese yeah. doesn't like to trade up in the draft to get his guys. We're down, but you don't down. get. When you don't get. Yeah, we'll guys. just stay right here. And uh, who's best player available? Wow, let's flip a coin. Eli Apple. There's our guy. Yeah, that's how I felt. Hey, he's going to come play for the Big Apple, right? It makes a bunch of sense. Let's draft him. Uh-huh. And let's trade him.
0: Two, by the way, the Giants' 2016 first-round pick was Eli Apple. 2015 was Eric Flowers. Mm-hmm. Things are going well.
2: Ooh. We ooh ooh. Eric Flowers over Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll just never get over that one. I mean, look, not like the Jets are the best drafters either. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff you can make fun of for them, too.
0: Yeah, uh, so back to Doug Martin. If he's out there this week, you paid twenty two out of your fifty nine dollars. Only thirty
2: seven percent owned. Like I think he's out there in a lot of leagues. He man. is for sure. And so I guess based on how much I paid for him, like looking at like twenty five to thirty percent, is that is that too rich? It seems rich because Doug Martin kind of stinks. Yeah, I'd rather Jalen Rashard. The Raiders stink, and I know They're
0: you're going to be playing from behind exactly. And they just lost their top receiver. Give me Jalen Rashard, man. All right,
2: like I would pay. Like I pay. I would pay. for him or so? 20% for Rashard. So you're probably closer to like the 15 to 20% for Doug Martin. Yeah. All right. I think it was starting running back. They used Marshawn Lynch a lot. I get it, If Doug Martin just steps into that role, then I I think he'll at least have like high-end flex potential. But we'll see. Would you rather start... He hasn't really done much the past couple of years. There's no doubting that. Would
0: you rather start Doug Martin or, or pick up Doug Martin rather or Ronald Jones who got the touchdown
2: on Sunday? Peyton Barber is banged up. Greg... Yes, Frank. How many shows have we done already this season? You uh, know how I feel uh, about the Tampa Bay running. Like the, They can't run the football. He scored That's a sorry. touchdown. He still he rushed like six times for 17 yards. He had one reception for 15 yards. They don't use their running backs all that often in the pass game. They can't run block. The Tampa Bay Bucks are an absolute mess. I'd, I'd rather have Doug Martin. Ronald Jones, I mean, look, I just put him on the list because... He could potentially be a starting running back because Peyton Barber is dealing with an undisclosed injury, which apparently Doug uh, Dirk Cutter is not revealing to create competitive edge, so that the Bengals don't know which running back they're going to use. Like it doesn't matter. You can't run the football. Who cares which running back you're going to use? I would take I would take either Raiders running back over Ronald Jones. I'd probably take Raheem Mozart over freaking Ronald Jones. I like to call him Mozart still. Yeah, yeah I mean that's Moster. our thing.
0: I agree. Wolfgang Amadeus Mostert. Yes. 100%. That's
2: our guy. That's our, our guy. Who has a very nice schedule coming up, by the way. I don't know if you've seen this, Greg. Uh, the Cardinals, yep. Raiders, Giants, and Bucks. The next four games for the San Francisco 49ers. Matt Breida, once again, dealing with that ankle injury, which uh, reoccurred over the weekend. And then Alfred Morris just isn't great. And this is a team, you know, why wouldn't the 49ers at least see what they have in this kid? I mean, he's younger than Alfred Morris. Um, and he has 146 rushing yards on just 19 carries over his last two games. That's 7.7 yards per carry. Also saw a season-high 38% of the snaps in Week 7. So I'm um, I'm kind of excited about Mozart just based on the upcoming matchups. I don't think any of those teams are teams that are going to blow them out either. Like, the 49ers are a bad team, yes. But the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Giants, maybe the Bucks get, like, a big lead in that game. But the other three teams, like, they're all bad. So those could be close games. Good, for, good Where for Mozart me. is potentially the starting running back. Matt Breida has that ankle injury in and out of the lineup, and this most
0: of their kids talented. Now, they did go back to Alfred Morris a bunch. He was actually the, had the most carries in the game last week for, for San Francisco in a game that they were down um, for most of. So, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, it's a three-headed, I don't want to call it a monster, it's just a three-headed committee. <laughs> <laughs> What's the opposite of a monster? Committee. It's
2: a committee. Grossness. Yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, most of it's whatever. Then you get to, to, there's two more guys I, I, I like. You have a couple more guys on here anyway, Frank. Uh, Chris Ivory. He's owned, He's available pretty much everywhere, unless the Sean McCoy owner owns him. M- McCoy, concussion, is that right?
2: Uh, a head injury, but yes. So he's
0: concussion. got a concussion. Uh, who do the Bills play this week? Patriots. This is an issue.
2: Where they are 14-point home underdogs. Seems like an issue. But nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, Greg. Chris Ivory, they, they got blown out last week, and Chris Ivory that's, looked pretty that's good. That's the thing. Like, that's what you're looking at. They lost the game 37 to 5 last week. He still rushed 16 times for 81 yards. That's four yards per carry. And he had six targets. He had three receptions for 25 yards. So, again, every single week, we're struggling to find running backs. And whether you're missing out on, you know, Tevin Coleman being on a buy, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, there's a lot of running backs on a buy. Even Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, like, those aren't great options, but they might have been flex options for you in the past. If Chris Ivory's available, which he widely is, he's only 17% owned on CBSSports.com, then you are potentially getting a starting running back for this week. The only issue with this is that they play on Monday night, Greg. So if it turns out that LaShawn McCoy is questionable and we don't know before lineups lock on Sunday morning, then there's still a chance that McCoy can play. And if he does, Chris Ivory is giving you next to nothing. He Sunday night? Monday night. Monday night, right, 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 right. Yeah. Which, whose well, idea was it? Unlucky. Before, like, I understand, you, you want to get the Patriots in prime time, but, like, even if it was Tom Brady versus dude, Josh you, Allen. You,
0: dude, you, I mean, it could have been A.J. McCarron. The Bills were, a, dude, the Bills were a playoff team last year. The Bills
2: were not going to be good. There was no way, Greg. They had the lowest game total on, over under coming into the season. Yeah, I it get it. It dropped uh, to, like, uh, five and a half before I the get year. it. But they're a playoff team. The like, atmosphere in who, Buffalo, you like that. Like we got it. Like, I'm just explaining the thought process behind it. There's no no there's no there's no rationale here with there this is. coming into the year. Just Hats and bills like it's a division game. That's it. Like there's no other reason. Like unless you're going to show people going through tables in the preseason, like uh, in the pregame for this game, that's gonna, that might be the most entertaining part of this whole night on Monday night. Hey, Patriots Bills, fourteen point home dogs. Like I want I want to see people go through flaming tables. That's what I want to see, Greg. I, I don't want to watch Chris Ivory run the football. So just turn on Monday Night Raw. I don't want to watch that either. Watch whatever crappy Knicks game is on next Monday. All right,
0: you watch. This is just a bad job, man. I'm Dude,
2: sorry. Next even if you're making the schedules this, like seven, eight months ago,
0: I will say this: not a good job. Hold on, next Monday is the finale, season finale of Halloween Making Championship. Just saying.
2: Is there anyone else you want to pick up this week? Yeah, one more,
0: one more guy, one more guy. <laughs> and that, or more.
2: Well, actually, let's let's get into the Jets, your team. Oh,
0: okay. That's uh, you know. Okay.
2: Uh, nah, no, I don't. I don't have. I'm sorry. I don't have a J E T S in me this week. How after serious? Going to the game and freezing. How serious is the injury to Blah Howell? Uh, well, normally when a player gets hurt inside within a game, they like take him to the back and be like, "Oh, he's questionable to return." They rule him out of that game almost immediately. So. Take that for what it's worth. I mean, he hasn't been ruled out yet for this week, but I would probably be surprised if he plays. So again, uh, Trenton Cannon, just he was the Jets' leading receiver last week. He was a guy who flashed a little bit in the preseason. Uh, just if you're really, really desperate in like PPR leagues, he might be a guy that could catch a few passes. They're not going to give Isaiah Crowell a full workload by any means. They haven't done that this year. He's been dealing with a foot-ankle injury as well, so they're not going to give Isaiah Crowell 20 touches. Uh, Trenton Cannon is a name, he's not owned anywhere. He's literally owned at 0% of leagues. I also wrote Elijah McGuire's name down on the rundown because he's eligible to return in week nine. Um, and this was a guy who flashed a little bit is last he, year. We he, know
0: Is he still expected to come back? Is that, is that, is he he on practiced that? last week. Oh, he did practice last he week? Oh, so he So he's expected will. to return.
2: Okay. So this is just like a deep stash. Interesting. You just want to throw it out there. They gave him some work last year. They were actually excited about him during the preseason remember, remember there were reports that the jets could have cut Bilal Powell throughout the preseason and just rolled with Isaiah Crowell and Elijah McGuire as their as their two running backs there um so that's he's just kind of like a really a deeper league stash because he's eligible to return in week 9 um, and our guy Emory Hunt was very very excited about Elijah Maguire last season as was he for Tariq Cohen so um we'll see uh, we'll see if Elijah Maguire can get some work I- i'm pretty sure he will over the last you know, over the second half of the season, he'll get work. The Jets want to use him. I
0: think so too. So right now is Isaiah what is Isaiah Cruel? How comfortable are you starting him? He's a flex he's a
2: low end flex option every week. That's what he is. Well without Powell, big... maybe he's a high end flex option. Nah, because I mean, even in the games that Bilal Powell misses, do you really think that they're gonna give him a a twenty touch workload? He had like that's that hasn't been his MO all year. Like even in the games where he's had these big breakout touchdowns, he he hasn't gotten a lot of work this year. So even if Bilal Powell m- misses time, I, I don't think that they're going to put that burden on Isaiah Crowell. He's he's a flex option every single week, and in the weeks where he does have these monster breakout games, you're going to be annoyed that you didn't start him, but believe me, the thought process was right. He hasn't had more than 16 carries in any game this year.
0: Any thought here on Chris Herndon?
2: Chris Herndon, um, again... My phone. Oh, you dropped your phone. I apologize. You're right. <laughs> Chris Herndon is um, he's a guy who's uh, scored a touchdown in two straight games, saw a career high in terms of a season high, career high. He's a rookie. In uh, targets this past week with seven and receptions with four. He actually should have had two touchdowns, uh, but it actually, you know, he was ruled out at the one-yard line as foot touched out of bounds. So whatever it was, they're starting to use him more, and they used the draft pick on him. Uh, we spoke about this with Christian Kirk and Josh Rosen, you know, two rookie offensive skill position players coming into the league together, kind of growing together. And I think we're seeing that a little bit with Sam Darnold and Chris Herndon. So, again, this is just like a deep, like any time a tight end pops up, like a a couple of weeks ago, it was, you know, Vance McDonald, it was CJ Uzama. Now those guys are, you know, our guys might actually be starting. Yeah. So that's why it's worth picking up Chris Herndon. All right. With that,
0: we sign off of YouTube right now. The Fantasy Football Frenzy comes your way next. with Chris Ventura, Jim Day, and the fantasy executive, Corey Parson. If you're listening live on the radio, we'll go for another five minutes or so. If you're listening on the podcast, we appreciate all of your support. Please rate, subscribe, like, and leave a comment. We need five stars from you. Thank you very, very much. Five minutes to go, Frank. Let's get into the players to drop. We gave you a bunch of... Kind of mediocre players to pick up. 10 to 12%. Nothing more really significant other than the Packers guys, probably. And the Raiders running backs. And the Raiders backs. running backs, right. Speaking of Raiders running backs, can you drop Marshall Lynch?
2: He was placed on IR. He's eligible to return on Christmas Eve, December 24th, but I'd be surprised if he plays again this year. I, I wouldn't hesitate dropping him. I agree with that. I think Marshall Lynch is droppable.
0: I completely agree. So we're both in. Can you drop your boy Corey Davis?
2: This is one of those where you don't want to, but if you're really hurt by the bye weeks, like if you drafted a team that has Keenan Allen and Corey Davis, A, you're probably like two and five if yeah. you did that. Yeah. Um, but if you need the roster spot, you need the roster spot. Again, you don't get fantasy production for upside for potential. He's had one great game this year where he was targeted 15 times against the Eagles, nine receptions, 161 yards and a touchdown. Every other game, he's had 62 yards or less. He only scored a touchdown in that game. Marcus Mariota and him don't seem to be on the same page. We just saw Tajay Sharp have the big game this past week. Their past game, their offense overall has not looked great. If you need the roster spot, I'd try and find someone else, but if you need the roster spot, I would drop him. I'd like to hold on if I can. I agree. Um, But I thought it was worth throwing his name out there. I agree. It's a discussion for sure. You wrote
0: Keelan Cole on here. I'll drop Keelan Cole. I dropped him this past week to pick up Doug Martin over the weekend. No problem with that. Uh, Albert Wilson, who got hurt and very well, missed the rest of the season. I'll drop him too. Uh, I'll drop Mike Williams, who you wrote down here. No problem with that. When it comes to some of these other players, Frank Gore, Kiki Kute, and Mike and Mike Williams.
2: Dude, Corey Davis isn't even ranked inside the top fifty in fantasy oh, that's points awful. per game that's at awful. wide receiver. It's awful. Not good. Not good, buddy. Not, not, good, not good, Bob. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Sorry. Yep, it's okay. Um, oh, he's actually, when you turn it to half-point PPR, he's actually number 50. Fantastic! He's a, That's he's great, Bob! Wide receiver, 50 in points per game. Right behind Allen Robinson, Marquise Goodwin, Kenny Stills, Marvin Jones, Cole Beasley. That, I mean, wow, a lot of underperforming wide receivers this year.
0: Not great. The other guys on your list, do you feel comfortable dropping them? We have... I would drop I mean, Frank Mike. Orr I would drop Mike like, Williams.
2: If Frank Gore didn't perform in the good matchup against the Detroit Lions, like when else are you going to feel good about stuff? Frank
0: Gore got banged up in that game.
2: He did. Not everybody saw that and noticed that, but he got banged up. Yeah, but like based on the running backs that we brought up, I've dro- I would drop him for any of the Raiders. I would I agree. drop him for Mozart. Yep. I would drop him for Ronald Jones. I guess. If you need the, if you need sure. to start, like sure. Chris Ivory.
1: Sure. Fine.
2: we drop him for the wide receivers we mentioned, too. All right. Like, so you're dropping Frank Gore. Yeah, I would, I would drop him for Jordy Nelson, any of the Packers guys. Cortland Sutton, I'll take that shot. Craig Juan Smith. He's, he's very dropping. mm mm-hmm. um, Kiki. What do you do with
0: Kiki? I'm going to hang on to Kiki.
2: I do, so, I so so to, he's well.
0: not going to play Thursday. They have the bye next week, I think. Where they have a, well, they don't have the bye because it's Thursday. So they
2: have a, a mini-bye, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think I hold on to Kiki. I think he's worth it. I would drop him for Jordy Nelson if he were available or the Packers.
0: That's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, you, could, you could also drop the
2: Rat. The Rat! That's your guy. Greg, uh, some you, DST streamers. You could drop Damian Ratley and you could drop Josh Reynolds. <laughs> Those are your guys. Uh, Steelers versus the Browns. Cardinals against San Fran. You start both of those defense, 49ers against uh, the Cardinals, Patriots at Buffalo, Texans against Miami. There you
0: go. The Frenzy's up next with Frankie Stample. My name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.